following teaching is from the Warrior's Heart Bible Study for Men. You can find us on the web at warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great day. Give your Bibles once you turn to Mark real quick. Mark chapter 1, and then we're going to go over to Matthew. Is that good on the sound? Good on the level there? Too loud, too soft? Okay. I don't need this mic. I'm just kidding. I, um, I got in bed this morning at about 1230 uh, this morning, not because I was watching the Cubs either. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they won. I have a lot of lifetime-long life, <laughs> lifetime fans that have been depressed forever uh, because they've never won, and so I'm glad they'll be redeemed in their emotional state uh, for at least another few months. Uh, anyway, I, was, I got a call, I got a text message last night, and uh, I was down at the hospital, Memorial Hermann downtown. Uh, some of you may know, and so if this is a surprise to you, um, well, I'm sorry, we'll kind of work through it together, but there's longtime members here at First Baptist, their names are Steve and Mary Klein, anybody know the Kleins? They helped pioneer the, uh, the, the Legacy 685, so our adoption, foster care ministry that we have, uh, Greg talks about it regularly, we've, we've helped, um, I think, over 75, 80 uh, adoptions in our church, and just hundreds of thousands of dollars of people working through that. Uh, they have uh, four children, right? I think that's, there's four, but they have, their daughter's 24 years old. Her name is Anna, and she was um, she was in a horse riding accident yesterday. She's working at, at a place. I don't know exactly the name of it. Horse was trotting. She It stops, and she keeps going based on inertia over the front, and she lands on her head. And so at this moment, and this was when I left this morning, um, there was no brain activity, and so the only thing keeping her alive was uh, basically the support that she was on. Her brain was basically getting without wasn't getting oxygen for like an hour and a half, or very limited amounts of it, which ultimately causes the brain to to begin to die. So I just want to pray real quick this morning. We're uh, uh, we're into miracles, right? And so um, a miracle is just that remarkable moment where God steps in, and no man has the ability to do anything outside of that. And all of us have seen miracles. All of us have seen those moments whenever we're like, this, this shouldn't be, and God does. And so um, I was, Ken, I got there last night, and Steve and I have a long friendship. And so I was in the emergency room. And there, I mean, the emergency rooms in, in Houston are quite interesting anyway. I mean, it's just people stacked up everywhere, right? You know this full well. It's like everywhere. So we go in, and we're, we're with her. We're around her for most of the evening. We, got the, we were there three or four hours. Um, and so, uh, but, and then one of our other pastors, Jason Swigert was out in the lobby with a bunch of people. So we were, people just kind of coming back and forth praying. So I just, I've got a story I'm going to tell after this. I'm going to stop and pray for Anna. Just one brain would, if, if, I mean, just, I'm the guy that's going to pray and believe until they have to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? So she's still here. So I'm like, Lord, I want the full redemptive measure. And as Nabil Qureshi taught all of us a few weeks ago, let's don't pray with the reserve. Let's pray in faith and believe. We know God is sovereign. He can do whatever He wants and wills and desires. Bless you not our faith today uh, together. Steve is her dad. Mary is the mother. And there's some siblings in there, and Anna's her, Anna's, Anna's her name. So let's just pray together. Um, I want us to be really uh, godly men. I just want us to grab hands around our table for a moment. And if you're by yourself, Kevin, maybe you can sneak in, or you can be by yourself, whatever. And let's just ask the Lord to do His work. Father in heaven, we, uh, we glorify You. We ask, God, that You would pour out Your Spirit right now. We know You're the God who heals. 
And God, we've all been in weird moments and catastrophic instances and moments of trauma and grief and our heads are spinning and our adrenaline is pumping. So God, I'm asking for supernatural healing right now. God, that you would cause that brain to come back to life. God, that you would do a miracle among us. That unexpected movement of your hand, your power. So Lord, we unite our hearts as men of faith. We want to always be known as men of faith. We want to believe We'll care and minister if it doesn't go the way we want it to. But God, we're asking even now that you would, you would bring her back to life, God, that you would cause her brain to live. Mom and dad do not want this to be the end of her life at 24. So God, we just say, little girl, rise up. God, we're asking in faith, just as Jesus came to the little girl and said, get up. God, would you cause brain activity to happen? Even now, God, there would begin to be uh, synapse connect and vertebrae realign and fluid would leave the brain. And God, we just, we just want to be faithful brothers who pray. So God, we pray for Steve and Mary and their family and their siblings in this time. God, that you would strengthen them, that they would be light of the gospel in the midst of tragedy. So Father, would you increase our faith? We, we know sometimes our faith is weak and we just lean in and say, God, Help our unbelief, God. So we lean into you this moment, God. We ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God breaking in right now, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mark chapter 1, there in your scriptures. Mark 1 says, the beginning of the gospel. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, we know that's not the beginning of all the beginnings, but this is Mark writing about the beginning of the gospel, the beginning ministry of Jesus, of Nazareth. And the idea of the word gospel there, I just want to give a couple things. I know you've had many people, and there's going to be others speak on the kingdom of God, and there's lots of books, well-written books, and there's probably some squirrely books out there about the kingdom of God. Uh, but I just want to give a couple definitive things about the kingdom of God, and then I'm going to talk about the and mission part, and uh, we'll be inspired and go conquer this Thursday. It'll be amazing. Uh, the beginning of the gospel. That word gospel there is the declaration of a new authority. And I just want you to write that down. When you think of the word gospel, it's a declaration of, the new, of a new authority. Matter of fact, there were people who would share, quote unquote, the gospel, and it wasn't evangelical in nature. Now, let me explain that to you. The idea of euangelion, that's the Greek word for good news. The idea of being someone who heralds the gospel or declares the good news would be as if there's a new sheriff in town and you were going throughout the town or the village saying there's a new authority in town. You're declaring that there is a new commander-in-chief. You're declaring that there is, and this was actually a, a practice that pre-existed the idea of the word gospel, meaning a declaration of a new authority. Don't think good news in the redemptive nature of Jesus, but the concept of declaring a new authority was in play before Jesus came along. Does this make sense to you? There's, I'm not saying there was another way to get to heaven, but the concept of there's a new chief in town, the gospel, the idea of a new authority being declared was already a common language. Because you know, obviously there's no media, there's no press, there's no writing, there's no books, there's no printing press. There's no way to transfer information unless it's oral. Think about that. 
The transfer of information at this time in history was only oral. Storytelling. Declaring through your mouth. This is why we see over and over in the scriptures about faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Their transfer of the idea of the message of the gospel was oral in nature. It was a proclamation of the kingdom of God. So literally, whenever someone was elected king, there would be people go throughout the territory declaring the gospel. Quote, unquote, there's a new authority. This person is no longer king. This person is king. And nowadays, obviously, information travels much more rapidly and on much different means. But the idea is there's a new authority in town. So understand when you see the word gospel, it's a declaration of a new authority. Uh, over and over again, I get to have conversations with, with parents about raising their children. And they're like, how do I explain the gospel? And one of the things that I tell them on a regular basis is it's a change of loyalty for your child. It's a change of loyalty for your friend that they would change their loyalties from this group or this people or even themselves and they would shift their, their authority. They would shift their authority. They would shift their loyalty to another being Jesus Christ. That is what we often talk about. That's what we lean into as the people of God. And so this morning when you and I think about the word gospel, I want you to forever know that means a declaration of a new authority. Now, we know what the gospel message is. We're going to go there just as a recalibration for a moment. If you want to go to 1 Corinthians 15, let's go there now. If you want to listen, you can listen. Sometimes I turn my Bible and my wife's like, are you listening? I'm like, I'm listening. I don't want to turn my Bible. I want to make sure I hear everything that person says. So you can do whatever you want. I'll just think you're really intently listening if you're not turning in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. Now, brothers, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. I want to clarify for you the gospel I proclaim to you. I want to clarify the new authority, the declaration of the new authority that I'm telling you. I want to explain this new authority. And here he goes. You received it and have taken for your stand on it. You're also saved by it if you hold the message I proclaim to you, unless you believe for no purpose. And here it is in verse 3. For I pass on to you as utmost importance what I have also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then he appeared to over 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep or they had died. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one abnormally born, he also appeared to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by God's grace, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not ineffective However, I worked more than any of them, not yet I, but God's grace that was with me. Therefore, whether it is I or they, so they proclaim as you have believed. If you ever need to explain what is the gospel, you want to go into 1 Corinthians 15. It's a beautiful, compact type, okay? So the gospel idea is when you share the gospel, you're proclaiming a new authority. You're declaring that there's a new authority. The new authority is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and so for you and I, when we think about the kingdom of God, and we think about the kingdom of God and mission, you obviously understand now what the gospel is. Now go back to Mark, if you will, real quick. I want to go to another passage in Mark. There in chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. 
verse 14. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness. Sorry, I'm in verse 12. I'm backing up a little bit, my bad. He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels began to serve him. And after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of God. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Man, there's all kinds of good meat right there in that passage. So you see, he's preaching the good news, the declaration of the new authority, that Jesus Christ is the new king. And this king is not just coming sometime in the future. Verse 15, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come. Now, I'm sure other people have said this, but I want to give you the idea of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. So if you don't have a working definition of what is the kingdom of God, it's the rule and reign of God. So when you're talking about the good news of the gospel, all right, you're talking about the declaration of the new authority of Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. So what we are doing is we're proclaiming the rule and reign of God by people shifting their loyalty to the new authority being Jesus Christ. Now here's one of the things you have to understand. This idea of the kingdom of God has... People like want to split the kingdom of God in a timeline. So in this age, when we read this, in this present church age, we would go, oh, that was for them. People earlier in church history could look at that and go, that's for people later. Now, the kingdom of God does not carry a connotation of that was just for them or that was for them later. That it was for them and for us at the same time. So the kingdom of God, as we see, if you want to shift now over to Matthew chapter 5 or Matthew chapter 6, you got Jesus' model prayer, which I'm sure <laughs> there's been lots of conversation about this because you get these this words right out of Jesus' mouth. He's teaching the, the disciples how to pray. And he says, our Father in heaven, in verse 9 of chapter 6, pray like this, our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, hallowed be your name, the declaration of the name of God, hallowed and holy. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I love talking about the kingdom of God. I love talking about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. That's Jesus' desire, okay? So what is heaven like then? There's no sickness. There's no pain. There is complete peace. There is an extreme amount of loyalty. There is, I mean, everything that we're longing for is in its perfected state. Does that make sense? Everything that we're longing for, everything that we're desiring, when we think about heaven, and you'll, we'll typically say, man, whenever they get to heaven, this won't, this won't ever be a problem anymore. Now, when we say that, what we're trying to do to the kingdom of God is separate. Man, I'm going to be able to get God later, or I'm going to have to wait later. This is the struggle of the Christian life, right? Right? And so the tendency 
Here it is. The tendency is when we minister and we love people, we want to be the people who are working in real time in the present for the kingdom of God and the power of God and the reign of God and the rule of God to happen right now. We carry hope for the moment. Now, we know God is sovereign, right? We know God is over all things. He's in all things. He's above all things. But the last thing that we want to offer people is a delayed hope. Man, it's going to work out one of these days. Maybe. When you get to heaven, it might oh real. You know what I'm saying? Man, it's one of these days. It's going to be all right. Well, it'll all work itself out in time. Oh, time will heal that wound. Hey, man, six months, it'll be better for you. Just give it some time. The Bible says a defer... That deferred hope makes the heart sick. So the tension for you and I is we'll take the hope of eternity and somehow kick it for six months, a year down the road, or maybe even a decade down the road. Oh, man, get better one of these days. See what I'm talking about? But you and I are to be people who go, I'm believing right now that the kingdom of God can come in this moment. His authority can come in this moment and all things are possible for him right now. That's the type of hope we live with. The problem is, is we're, we're exceed, we're, we continue to increase in our pessimism about the goodness of God in real time. If you pollute yourself with popular media, if you pollute yourself with the latest jargon around a coffee break or, or what some people are saying, they will can say over and over again, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. I mean, they just listen to the, the ramping up of people's declaration about how bad things are and we're okay with it. And I tell you, that message is contradictory to the idea of the kingdom of God breaking in now. Then when did the kingdom of God break in? When did the kingdom of God break in? Because we see this here in Jesus' life. The kingdom of God is breaking in. It is near. It is now. Most of us in theological circles would say that the kingdom of God inaugurated. All right? It's the idea. And I don't know if anybody's taught you this. Maybe I should have given this whole message this day and I didn't. The already, not yet. You have the already of the kingdom breaking in, but the not yet of the fullness of it. The already not yet. Now, when did that happen? It happened at the, at the um, ascension of Jesus. When Jesus ascended into heaven and he took his seat at the right hand of the throne of God, the kingdom of God was inaugurated in that moment. So now forever and eternity, the kingdom of God is breaking in. That's why we can see a healing and not be freaked out about it. That's why we can see a miracle and not be freaked out about it. Those are the signs of heaven breaking in. Now, we know people are going to die. We know there is things that we continue to struggle and wrestle. But if death, I mean, death was our greatest enemy and Jesus overcame death. So death, oh, where is your sting? You see what I'm talking about? So if Jesus overcame death, he overcame everything else that would lead to death. So when we see a miracle, we see the power of God, we see someone change their loyalty to him, we know without a shadow of a doubt of his goodness. And this, we say, this is the kingdom of God breaking in. So when I'm around people 
And man, we're praying and a miracle happens. They're like, what happened? I'm like, this is the kingdom of God breaking in. Someone gives their life to Christ. I'm like, this is the kingdom of God breaking in. But what we have this tendency to do, and I just want you to evaluate your own heart here, is to live hope-delayed lives, thinking that this, this eternal place has no kingdom influence. It's all going to burn. It's all going to destruct. It's all going to fall apart. Who cares about the creation? Who cares about that? It's all going anyway. You see what I'm talking about? This disgruntled dissatisfaction for the present is not good kingdom theology. We have to care about the present just as much as we care about the hope of the future. And this is why we pray without ceasing. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why we care with people. This is why we believe that God can do all things. This is why the Bible says that nothing is impossible with God. So that we, in the present day, in the present moment, hey, when you walk into the room, you should be the most hopeful presence of anybody in there. When you walk into an environment, they go, man, something's about to change right now. I literally was getting out of my car last night at, at Horn Memorial downtown. I'm walking in, I'm like, something's going to happen today. I'm believing I'm carrying hope in here. I believe the kingdom of God is breaking in right now. I'm not walking in there with my own arrogance. I'm not walking in there going, I've got this figured out. I'm not walking in there going, God goes wherever I go. No, I'm walking in that God's already there. He's already working. And I want to be the most hope-filled person in the room. The struggle is, though, we often find ourselves as the most contradictory person in the room. We say we have the hope of eternity. We say we've changed our loyalties and our affinities, and we're, we're totally in on Jesus, but we're, we're sarcastic, we're cynical, and we don't have much hope. So I turned the corner last night in the emergency room and I see a police officer outside one of the rooms inside the emergency room. Well, you all know what that means, right? That means there's, a, there's someone in there that the police officer has to stay with. So he's basically an inmate. He's, there's something that he's done wrong that would <laughs> cause him to have uh, protection. And I turned the corner and... and there's one emergency room with a, a divider, I kid you not, this big between one bed and the other. No curtain, no nothing. It's an emergency room, right? Body stacked up everywhere. It's fire. It's crazy. And so I walk in there, and there's the police officer outside the door, and there's a guy in his Harris County scrubs, and there's this little divider, and then there's Anna. And I could tell his feet are kind of covered. I don't really pay much attention. I, I, he wasn't the first priority on my heart, right? And so I'm there, and after talking to a while and ministering to, to, to the clients and being there and praying, I'm outside, kind of outside the room, and, and I'm just praying. I'm just asking the Lord, ministering to other people. And, and then um, they're like, hey, come back in here. I'm like, man, I just left. There was a whole bunch of people in there. I kind of made room for the family to go in there, right? They're like, no, come back in here. So I go back in, and they're like, hey, we... You need to talk to the, 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 the inmate. Mary wants you to talk to the inmate. I'm like, what's Mary care about the inmate right now? 
So I'm like, I got this. It's no problem to me. And I just walk up to the guy. And one of the guys on our staff, Amir Omar, that works in the missions office, he's with me. And we're down there. And so we start talking to this, this guy named Joseph. So Joseph, how old are you? He goes, I'm 18. I said, what's the story here? And he's like, man, I've been homeless since I've basically been 12. My mom's died. My dad's died. All my, a bunch of my friends have died. He goes, I got shot two months ago in the back. He goes, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. And his feet have crazy blisters all over them. I go, what happened? He goes, man, they, wouldn't, they, weren't, they weren't helping me take a shower in Harris County. And my feet were getting bad. And so they brought some water. And they said, put your feet in the water. And he goes, I have no feeling in my legs. And the water was boiling. So it blistered his legs. And so that's why he was in the hospital. And so it was just so great. I said, man, I said, I just started sharing the gospel. I said, you know what the difference is between you and her? She's to my back. I said, if she's committed her life to Christ. And I said, if she steps off into eternity in the next few moments or the next day, I was like, she's going to be with Jesus. I said, that's the difference between you and her right now. That she has hope in the risen Savior. That she knows without a shadow of a doubt she's been eternity in heaven. And I just continue to walk through life. I just, like, I just was walking through the gospel story. And you just have those moments when you share the gospel. You're like, man, that was a great line. And that was a great line. And that was a great line. I'm like, can I remember that for later? That's just the power of God takes over in your life. You're like, man, that's a good one. Somebody record this. And I'm, I'm explaining the gospel to him. And, and uh, I said, you know, I said, you know how you get to heaven. I said, it's, it's not about money. It's not about family relationships. It's not about what you do. I said, it's about surrender. I said, it's about you putting your hands up. And I said, it's not working for you, right? I said, you running with your gang-banging friends is not working, right? You're paralyzed from the waist down. All your friends have died. I was like, you think this is going to work? No, man. I mean, he's like, I'm sick of this. I said, what would it be like the fact that I'm a pastor and he's a pastor and you're right here and this, this family is a bunch of followers of Jesus? I said, God has a destiny for you. And I just, we stayed on it. I'm just talking about the gospel. It's even funny. In the meantime, the, the sheriff switched out. Some old mean sheriff, he's like, hey, knucklehead, you need to listen to these boys. I'm like, and that's why you're a police officer and not a pastor. Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> I'm like, and, you, and it's funny. And, they, he's, and then they're like, the other, the, that old officer was leaving. He's like, you care if these guys minister to me? He's like, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. Stay anyway. So we're, uh, <laughs> people lost care, right? They just have lost care at all. Who would have ever thought that we've lost care? It's a sure sign that, you, that you're, you're wrestling with the kingdom of God when people lose care. And so we end up talking to Joseph and said, Joseph, the great thing is, is that you can give your life to Christ right now. And I said, the great thing is, is though, is I can't, I said, I can't pray you into heaven. If I said, if I could pray you into heaven, I wouldn't be standing here. I'd be running around all over this place. I'd be going to floor to floor and door to door, just praying people into heaven. I said, but you have to be willing to surrender your life. And I said, and when you get out and you go back to your gang, you're going to tell them I'm out. They're going, what do you mean you're out? You're like, yeah, I'm out, I'm leaving, and I'm following Jesus. And I said, and they're going to be your greatest accountability because when you start living a hypocritical life, they will have none of it. And right there, in bed number two, at Harmon Memorial Hospital, Amir and I led him to Christ. I kicked my phone on and I recorded his prayer. It was awesome. Just the prayer of like, he's like, I've never prayed before. I said, isn't that the great thing? You just get to open your heart up to God right now, and he's going to meet you at your time of need. 
You just cry out, say whatever you want. I'm like, he's praying stuff. I'm like, I've never prayed that in my life. That's a great prayer. I need to put that into my life. It was amazing. And then we prayed for him. And I said, man, you know what I want to do right now is I want to pray that God would supernaturally heal you as well. I said, I believe God can do that. That's the kingdom of God breaking in. He's like, I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay hands on your lame legs right now, and I'm going to ask for feeling to come back. So I lay hands on his hips. It doesn't matter. At this point, he's not going anywhere, and I'm owning this moment, right? And so I'm praying. He's like, I want it. Amir's praying. He's got a big afro. I put my hand right in the middle of that thing. I'm just praying that the power of God would come upon his life. There would be a change. And it was just a beautiful moment, right? 20 minutes goes by. I mean, we're done. He, 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 we're done praying with him. Amir's done praying. We're, we're laughing. He's like, his whole case. He's like, what happened? He goes, these bad thoughts. Have, he goes, I don't, hear this. I don't hear Satan's voice in my head anymore. I said, that's the kingdom of God breaking in. I said, you ever heard a charm? He's like, those those dudes that bring those Bibles into the, into the, into the prison? I'm like, yeah, those are my boys. He's like, what? I said, you better go the next 27 days that you're there, and you better ask to speak to the chaplain every day. And you tell him to teach you everything he knows. And we were, he was all messed up when we were done. About 25 minutes left. I mean, later, I'm, I'm still with the family, and I'm praying, and I'm out talking to other people, and I'm praying, and I'm like, you're doing all right? He's like, I said, hey, you're now supposed to intercede for her. Start praying. God hears the prayers of new Christians. Let's go. And so we're praying, and he, we're, we're loving on him. And I kid you not, He's like, oh, I go, stop yelling. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I, something's happening in my leg. I go, something's happening in your leg. He said, I, I can feel something. I was like, you can feel something. I said, you can feel something you couldn't feel about 20 minutes ago. He's like, yeah, right where you put your hand, something's happening. I said, that's magic. No, I'm just kidding. I said, that's Jesus. <laughs> He goes, what? He goes, my foot is burning. I go, you're right. It is burning. That's what I said. He goes, and the nurse walked in. He goes, I need you to call the doctor. Something's happening. I said, isn't it so weird thing? You had no feeling. I pray for feeling, but now you're wanting no pain. You know, it's like, hey, I want to feel, but I don't want the pain. He goes, he's le- I literally, at this time, they're about to roll Ann out. They're going to get her to her room. He's like, and then literally it start, it's making its way slowly down his leg. I said, well, I said, I may never meet you again. I was like, here's where I'm on staff. You can come there anytime. I'd love to meet you. Love for you to grow in the Lord with us. He doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have anything. He's got scrubs on. He's going to go back to the you know, county jail. And I left there. And you've got a mother whose daughter is literally inches away from stepping off into eternity. And she's saying, I need you to talk to that guy. He was quiet. He was chill. It wasn't like he had some scoured look on his face. But she's like, I'm like, I'll own that. He gives his life to Christ. Whatever's happening with his leg, I'm in on that. Whatever God's doing to reveal himself to him. And I just thought, what a beautiful parallel of what it means to the kingdom of God and living on mission. You can hold in tension trauma and the power of God. The already not yet's breaking in. 
Anna may step off into eternity today, and then she's going to, yeah, the, the, the not yet becomes yes and amen. And just that tension of you and I being living on mission in such a way that for us, we carry the greatest hope when we walk into the room. Because we want people to shift their identity and shift their loyalty to King Jesus. And the way we do that is to actually carry a hope that they can believe in Jesus today. So when I travel around the world and preach the gospel, when you go into your office today, your workplace today, wherever you're going to find yourself today, you're carrying the hope of eternity for them to experience right now, not later. That they can experience the kingdom of God and the power of God and the goodness of God and the rule and reign of God and all of God right now. So here's what I want to do in closing. So I want you to take a couple minutes around your tables and I want you to just say, here's where I need to have more hope today. Here's where I need to, I need that shift my mind. I, there's some coworkers I'm around and I've, truthfully, I want to strangle them. That may be your thought. That's not mine. That's a bad thing if it's me. I work on staff. But for you, you may be like, I just, these people, I'm just, ah. Or there may be a situation you're in. You're like, I, I've never told anybody this situation, but I need someone to have hope with me today. I want you to have this a quick conversation around your table. Like, I want, I want to carry the possibility of the kingdom of God breaking in today. And we all know we've, we've got prayers that are hanging chads out there. They're like, is this thing ever going to come to completion? We've got, we've got this idea that you're like, I need this prayer to come through. That's us staying faithful in the moment, believing God that his kingdom is going to break in when he sees it. But I'm not going to grow weary in doing good. For I, in due time, I will, we will reap a harvest. So where can you be more hopeful today? Where can you go, man, I need to, I need to think about the king, they can experience the kingdom today. I'm going to pray for us, have a little conversation. Eric will come say goodbye in a few moments, and we'll have an amazing, power-filled day. Amen? I got more Josephs in my life today, and so do you. Let's go take the kingdom to them. Father in heaven, we love you. We need you. And I pray, God, that these men, like never before, would carry the kingdom. I mean, the kingdom's inside of them. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of the risen Savior is in them. So literally, we carry real estate of heaven because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. The down payment of the Holy Spirit's in us, the hope of glory. So we carry kingdom. We are kingdom carriers. So Lord, let us not hoard the goodness of the kingdom today, but let us release. Let us be on mission today. Let us get out the kingdom out of our lives. If it's through a prayer of healing, if it's through a proclamation of a word of God, if it's through a random act of kindness, if it's, kind of, if it's, it's from a handshake or a, or a laugh or, or a care or a hug, we want to be people of hope today. So Lord, strengthen these men. Yeah, we can all grow cynical. We can all be judgmental. We can all measure people. But God, may we lay all that down today. And may we be the most hope-filled, caring people that any of our friends, staff, employees, co-workers, or even enemies experience today. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. In Jesus' name. We are a chosen generation. 
Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you can join us in person. We meet Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the garden room of Houston's First Baptist Church. For more details and to register, you can visit us on the web at warriorsheart.org. That's warriorsheart.org. Have a great day.